Yes, would you pray with me before we start? Father, just thank you for this opportunity to speak this morning. Lord, may the things that I say be pleasing to you. May be more of you and less of me. May we always just lift your name above all names. Father, and just guide my thoughts and direction this morning. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I heard uh, uh, Jim speak, I think it was on the 31st of December, and uh, he spoke about New Year's resolutions and being sure that we had our life in order, we knew where we were going, and the things that we uh, needed to think about, and he uh, just a quick refresher, he, he talked about, uh, spoke about Revelations 8, uh, beginning in verse 6, I think, and talked about the angels and the trumpets. And when they spoke, and when uh, the things that happened, and I'll just real quickly say that the first thing was that uh, I think uh, the earth burned up. The second thing, the sea turned to blood. The third thing was the water turned bitter. Uh, fourth thing, uh, day turned night were confused. The fifth angel blew the trumpet and there were scorpions and uh, they uh, stung people but they didn't die. And uh, the sixth trumpet was blown and 200 million died from the earth, and Jim talked about these things and said, you know, it scared him, and to me, it's just uh, God saying, look, you know, you need to get prepared and take care of this, so I got to thinking about what he said about we need to be sure of what we're doing and where we're going, and the thought that came, so I started uh, looking through the Bible a little bit, and I was thinking about what we need to do for each other and so forth. And so uh, I'm going to deal with most of this is in Luke, and it's the parables, some parables. But I want the first one I'm going to read to you is uh, Luke uh, 16, beginning at 19, and it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At this gate was laid a beggar man named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what was fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came to lick his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels came, <coughs> excuse me, and carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell there was torment, and he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side, so he called to him. Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony and in, in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember in your lifetime you received the good things, but now he's comforted here. You're in agony. And besides all this, there's a great chasm between us. And uh, it's been fixed so far 
that one cannot go from here to there or cross over from here to us. Then he answered, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they also will not come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to him. No, Father Abraham said, for if someone goes from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The point that uh, this story makes to me, I want to back up and just read one. Uh, I think it's uh, verse 28. And he says, For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. And in this place of torment, he's asking, did he can just uh, ask Lazarus to dip his finger in the cool water and put it on his tongue? So you think about how bad this place really is. The point I'm trying to make is we, we have an obligation. We call ourselves Christians, but we have an obligation to try to take care of our families. And I'm talking about close families, your family that you live plus this church family, and then reach outside it. It's our job. You know, God wants us to be uh, fishermen of men. And we need, to, uh, we need to reach out to others that we see all the time and see if we can uh, bring them in to, uh, to Jesus and to, to see that they have a one-way ticket to heaven just like we're expecting, you know. So... Uh, that's that's the point that I want to make. Uh, I mean, it's, there, there's two more uh, parables here I want to uh, deal with. The same same thing, but uh, it's, it's talking about this is Luke 15, uh, one through seven. It says, "Now the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around here, all around him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them.'" Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose some of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, it is joyful, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 who did not. So that one that we're looking for is the one that you can take care of. You may not know who it is. You may not. Uh, a lot of times uh, what we do in our, by our actions, we can impress someone and, and make a difference in their life and let them see what. Uh, the second one I want to read is... Uh, 15 and 8 through 10. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found the lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. It just to bring one person into God's house 
is is uh, unbelievable. And you know, God says the angels in heaven are dancing when you do that. So I think it's sometimes as Christians we get to thinking, uh, you know, we don't uh, have to do that or. Maybe we don't, you know, we're afraid to say it because we're afraid we run someone off, uh, scare them away. Maybe I don't know. There's a, all kinds of things, but God always He wants us to reach out. <clears throat> Excuse me, and He wants us to reach people that maybe we're not too comfortable with. Even uh, there's another parable. And this one I'm not going to read, but it's, uh, you know, of. Uh, prodigal son wanted his inheritance he took it went off wandered off and spent it all and uh, <laughs> spent it on everything that he could think of wine women and song and he ended up eating trying to eat with the pigs you know and he finally said i'm going home well when he came home his dad uh you know called him uh, saw him far away said uh, call the family together and said kill the fattened calf and and uh, we'll have a celebration that this uh, this man, this son of mine has uh, come back. He was dead and now he's alive. And that's just exactly the way our Father in Heaven thinks about us, you know, when we stray away and get away. But uh, he's always ready to take us in. He's always ready to take us back. And we need to let other people know the same thing. Uh, I, <laughs> there's another parable just popped into my head I don't have it here but it talks about uh, a man hiring people and he hired uh, people in the morning and uh, at midday and in the evening and, and uh, anyway the last one he hired and when it came quitting time he paid them all paid them all the same money and they were you know said well what can that be? I've been working all day. You know, <laughs> the thing is that God's in control and it's his, it's his way to do things. And, you know, uh, I, I kind of laughed then because I know in Sunday school class, Sylvia and I have said several times, uh, we've talked about that. And, you know, you think, well, I've been a Christian for 30 years, 40 years, whatever. And old Joe Blow over there, he's been a sinner. And the day before he dies, he accepts Christ. He gets the same thing I do. Well, he does because, you know, God is the boss. It's, it's his, it's his uh, doing, and he's going to do what he wants to. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I had about three thoughts when I was uh, putting this together, and, and I hope I can relay them to you and, and uh, get this uh, it's done. I want the last. Let me uh, look. It's in James. It's uh, James 5, beginning at 19, I think. Uh, it says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring you back, remember, whenever you, whoever turns a sinner away from error will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So, you know, we have a quite an obligation from God to, to take care of that. Now, I want to kind of change here just for a minute. Like I said, I had three thoughts, and I, I don't know if I could put them together or not. But anyway, I'm going to do my best here. Uh, 
as we become Christians and we, uh, God takes over in our life and, and it says, uh, you know, he, he takes care of us. It says, John, uh, uh, 3 John, verses 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and that you may be in good health, even as your soul prospers. You know, that's telling us that God wants us to prosper in everything that we do. Uh, not only financially, but in your health, your home, your family. And he'll make all that happen when you become a Christian, if you just believe in him. Now, along those same lines, it's, as he improves your life and changes it, he wants you to be on guard and says, watch out. <laughs> this, this is in Luke, and it talks about the rich fool. It says, watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed. In other words, we don't need to be worried about what Joe's driving or what we're doing or the bigger house that we need to have. We need to think about God. But anyway, man does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store up my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and then I'll store up my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, I have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up anything for himself but is not rich toward God. So, you know, we, we get in the mode of we always want to do better and we always want to work harder and we always want to have more. Uh, but when we, when we accept Jesus, he's got a plan in our life. He lays it out and we all do very well, uh, uh, whether you want to admit it or not. And the thing about it is we do need to be fishermen for God. We need to, to share what we have. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I want to, I guess, uh, finish this. I had three things on, on my mind, and one was uh, to be sure that we share our Christianity, that it's what God asks us to do, and that we can make a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. Uh, secondly, that God blesses us when we do uh, things that he wants us to do and asks us to do. And then uh, thirdly, he always makes things better. Everything, I want to, uh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Ecclesiastes is a book I read quite a bit. Uh, you know, Solomon, God gave him a lot of wisdom but I'm going to just read three scriptures here at the end of this that uh, let you know that uh, a Christian uh, is to enjoy what he has and to try to share it with uh, others. It says, uh, this is Ecclesiastes uh, 2, 24 and 26. A man can do nothing better than to eat or drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too, as I see from the hand of God, for without him, who can eat and find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task 
of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless in the chasing after the wind. Think about what he's saying there. We spend all of our time gathering it up, but if we don't, if we don't uh, love the Lord and want to find a home with Him, and besides all that, see all of our loved ones, you know, He's going to take what we've gathered up and give it to somebody that that will appreciate it. Ecclesiastes 5:19. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions, and enables him to enjoy them, to accept this lot, and to be happy in His work. This is a gift of God. And the last one is, So I commend the enjoyment of life for nothing better than for a man under the sun to eat and to drink and to be glad. The joy will accompany him in his work all the days of his life God has given him under the sun. I hope that what I've said is not confusing or by trying to maybe tie several things together. But... My main thing was when I was listening to to Jim uh, that Sunday, and and I almost just wanted to get up, and I wasn't feeling very well then. Matter of fact, I couldn't even get up. So, but I wanted to get up and say, "Hey, we need to take care of our family. We need to take care of our families. We need to teach our children and our grandchildren, and our moms, and dads, uncles, aunts, whoever we come in contact with." We need to talk to them and, and explain to them that there is a better place than where we're living. And my goodness, God has given us a place here that's unreal. You know, so uh, that's about the size of it anyway.